Before we begin, I'd like to proudly mention our sponsor, Injitsu.com, providing remote at-home training from some of the world's top MMA fighters. These classes are not pre-recorded. These trainers come to you live and coach you for the duration of the class. I've personally taken a few of these classes, and I've never felt so inspired and accomplished in a workout session. They'll leave you both on the floor in exhaustion, but wanting more. There are still slots available for online classes, so head over to injitsu.com slash richardlistens to get your first class free. That's I-N-J-I-T-S-U dot com slash richardlistens. I'll see you there. I'm a big fan of MMA sports. It's rough and elegant at the same time. I think my number one fear of stepping into a ring like that would be protecting my teeth. Luckily, the guys over at Impact Dental Designs have created an amazing mouth guard that is state of the art. These mouth guards are currently being used by some of the best MMA fighters, but even better, they can be tailored to any sport. Football, hockey, boxing, soccer, the list is endless. Head over to impactdentaldesigns.com slash richardlistens to get 20% off your order and a free customized design for your mouth guard. Hey, everybody, and thank you for joining me. This is Richard Listens, and this is the Richard Listens Show. I'm grateful for all the wonderful contributions and guests we've been having lately. Without further ado, I'm going to be inviting on shortly uh, my guest today. Dr. Pernilla Nathan. Thanks. You're a psychologist, but the focus that you are here to focus on tonight is your transition into what we will now call equestrian sports consulting. You kind of posed the question for Dr. Ken, who's like, you know, one of the forefathers of sports psychology. And what was the response? Because he had experience working with the Olympian equestrian team back in the 80s. And I had asked if he had worked kind of with the relationship between rider and horse. And he couldn't really answer my question. Although he's this amazing, amazing sports consultant. And I revere him. And and in defense of anyone who's entering this field, and we're going to stumble upon areas we don't know, even if you have expertise. And there's so little we understand about animals, even if we're experts in working with humans. So to have the knowledge you have and the experience, Dr. Pernil, is, is rare and unique. And I hope that that does set you apart. Yeah, thank you. About your journey, because then I really want to delve deep into the equestrian topic. Okay. But Give us a little bit, because, you know, I think you're a pretty inspiring person, Pernilla. So give us a little bit about your background and what made you decide to kind of take this really left turn in your life and your profession. Um, Well, where do I start? Uh, horses have always been my dream. And kind of in the family dynamic, horses were considered this afterthought, kind of this... Uh, you know, money pit, because they do cost a lot of money and a lot of resources and time. And then I went on to get my doctorate and did a lot of work with trauma, which I enjoyed. But it got to the point where I was kind of taking on, I think, a lot of that energy and became really burnt out and came and in that burnout had to do my own healing with different modalities. And I saw um, a new perspective of psychology in the mind. And in that time, actually, I went back to horses and got on horses and uh, just started seeing how my own traumas, my life experiences, 
experiences were impacting my sport and uh, my skill set. Like there were moments where I would regress and then there was moments I would excel and I couldn't figure out what was going on and my trainers just didn't have the language. And then over time, um, I just saw this niche and I got really excited about it. And some of my closest friends became partly my guinea pigs. They were great in being patient with me. And then over time, I just realized life is too short. You need to take your dreams and make them a reality. And even though I don't necessarily know how this is going to pan out exactly, I have ideas, I'm going to do it. I started, I've started a little bit dabbling in it, trying to figure out what techniques work for me, what techniques work for uh, other people, um, how I want to disseminate the information, and also the, you know, just cultural experience of being in the horse world. It's not just a sport, like I mentioned on my Instagram page, it's also a lifestyle and it's a sport where you have to work with another living being that doesn't speak the same language. And <laughs> What is the root of the name? We have to ask now. Uh, it's Scandinavian. My mom is Swedish, and it's actually common, just like Anne, Helen, Rachel. So, yeah. See? See? Wow. Open, open our eyes a little bit here. No doubt. Speaking of opening our eyes, let's get back to the topic of the week, equestrian sports. Now, one thing that... I find interesting, Pernella, is the fact that, um, you know, on one of the graphics we posted today, I was inspired by what you wrote on Instagram. Yeah. And is is there like, it's not like, you know, where people say like, oh, golfers, that's not a sport or something like that. But is there some sort of line between people that say like equestrian horseback riding? That's not a sport. Oh, all the time. People tell us, oh, the horse is doing all the work. You're just sitting there looking pretty. And uh, I mean, literally after our training, I come off exhausted. There's so much communication and nuances that you're not just, you can't just be sitting there. Um, even with well, exceptionally well-trained horses. Horses are picking up energy. I mean, I think that's why in equine therapy, even though it's a different modality, uh, horses just pick up energy, human energy, whether you're uh, coming in um, angry, like they can differentiate, I think something like 16 different forms of anger and frustration that we don't even have words for. Wow. So, um, yeah, so, and horses are known to do things for different people. So let's say, Peter, I put you on my horse, um, and you bring in this energy that he just clicks with, he will carry you around. And it's like, it's unlike like golf or other sports, which I mean, I haven't done too much. I've done classical ballet, but, uh, it's your, it's a relationship. It's a different experience. You're like, I haven't done too much classical ballet, you know, yeah. like that's an easy thing. It's. I mean, it's, but it's your own body, right? You know, it's you have more control than there's so many confounds with this with the equestrian sport than I think. Um, not that there isn't, but with other sports and group sports, it's just I'm trying to find my words for it. Yeah, so I think I hear what you're saying. So your technique may have to vary depending on the horse based on that how that horse communicates these various Absolutely. languages or interprets your languages. Absolutely. So, and that wow. kind of brings up a question, like you mentioned, equine therapy. Mm -hmm. But of course, what you do is completely different. So, like, make it clear to myself and to the audience. Give us like a case sample of of who would be a client of yours and how would you work with them. Okay. Um. So, in the sport, whether you're doing dressage or you're doing an Western um, barrel racing or hunter jumper, which I do um, personally. You perform at home, so you're working your training, and then when you go to competition, people will just literally shut down and have panic attacks. 
or severe anxiety. And so skills that they can demonstrate at home exceptionally well, they can't when they go to the show. So they'll, um, I've worked with someone before and like not so much deep breathing, but changing thought processes. So doing a lot of cognitive work with them. Um, also telling people to communicate with their horse and letting them know that they're scared or they're not in, um, in attunement because once you're honest with the horse and not pretending, then you're actually communicating and you're congruent and the horse knows where, how you're feeling and where you're at. So you would be working with equestrian athletes, jockeys, owners or owners, predominantly equestrian. So, um, also people fear horses, even though they ride horses, they have a lot of fear. So when horses go to these shows, they act up, they act differently. It's a new environment. There's grass that they're running on, whereas at home they're running on dirt. And um, there's all this commotion and chaos. So it's another, you know, you're dealing with your own stuff, but you're also dealing with your horse. So they might rear up or they might suddenly stop when they've never stopped before at a jump. Um, So and all that, once that starts happening, it's almost like a spiral effect. And then the person starts maybe taking it personally or they... um, or really, they're the ones that are communicating to the horse that the horse needs to stop in front of a jump. So it's kind of this dance of trying to figure out what is the culprit, who, how are you as the rider contributing to the horse's performance, and how's the horse kind of um, buying into your own anxiety? Wow, that's fascinating. I mean, it's it sounds like it really is no different than working with someone who's playing tennis, baseball, you know, taking what you're practicing and bringing it to competition. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned, Dr. Pernilla, that a trainer, now what would they see and, and, and or miss perhaps that a sports psychologist can fill the gap here? Because we know this field is growing and important and we know your role is essential. But so without any, you know, slight to the valuable work that the trainer does, what, what would happen, let's say, in that instance where they're watching you perform get up to a jump, and then the practice runs, the horse is, is stalling, and, and how might you add to the, to the conversation? So it's a really good question because I think a lot of trainers in the equestrian world aren't um, sure kind of where a sports psychologist would fit and want to ensure that I'm not providing training. Uh, so a trainer would probably give skill sets, like um, you need to take a turn and um, approach the jump this way, or let's go to the warm-up arena and have you jump your horse and um, school your horse. Whereas I would come in and ask the person, well, what's going on in your brain? What's happening? This has been a pattern at five shows now, yet when we go home, you're doing great. You're jumping all your jumps. Um, so what what is happening? Maybe it's a parent. We all know uh, there's plenty of parents that are very invested in their children's sport, or it's a partner, or um, also at certain locations. So recently, I actually went back to a location where I had a major back accident and landed in the hospital in the ER with a brace, and I had to stop riding and recover for about a year. Um, I went back to that same horse show, and ironically, in the other arena where I had my accident, Literally, as I'm getting on my horse to start schooling him and warming him up, there was an ambulance that came because someone else fell off their horse. And um, it just re-triggered emotional responses and trauma in my body 
that I consciously and also unconsciously was unaware of, you know, and you're in it and you have to get your stuff done because, you know, you're, you're going to be called up and you only have so much time before you're called up in the arena for that 15 seconds when you're jumping the course. Wow, what extraordinary circumstances. Like, Dr. Richard, how would you, if someone like Pernilla came to you with that situation, how would you handle that? It seems like everyone these days is trying new workout systems. Some people go to the gym, others may run, but I've recently discovered a great in-home method that is absolutely amazing. I'm taking in-jitsu classes online where I'm being trained and pushed in real time by top MMA fighters straight from the octagon. Injitsu.com provides real-time classes so you can get a top-notch workout from the comfort of your own home. These classes are absolutely going to sell out. So head over to injitsu.com slash richardlistens to get your first class for free. That's I-N-J-I-T-S-U dot com slash richardlistens. Protecting your child's teeth is important in any sport. That's why Impact Dental Designs has put so much thought into their state-of-the-art mouth guards, protecting athletes in youth sports, all the way up to advanced MMA fighters and champions. And the best part is you can customize your own design for your own creative and fun mouth guard. So head over to impactdentaldesigns.com slash Richard Listens. And if you purchase now, you get a free customized design and 20% off your order. Wow. No pressure. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, she, what he, that's what he's here that for, though. So. Well, I'm trying to think which is... The situation of having the injury of the situation, then being at an event, seeing somebody else have an injury, and you have how much time then? Um, you just got to get your work done. You don't so, know because there's so many, like, you don't know technically But when those you're are going. the questions, yeah, yeah, I'd like to start asking is, right, can we game play? Like, how much time do we have? Because there has to be a certain, like, the body needs to go through a process. So, you know, what, what Dr. Pernilla is mentioning is that even though you're aware and you know that you've had this injury in rehab, now there's this trigger and all these fears that were helped. Maybe you rehab the body. Maybe you got stronger physically. Maybe you've even developed your relationship with your horse and you're feeling secure again. But now all of a sudden, all this fear, all these memories again, and your body remembers falling. And so, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, it's going to go into fight or flight mode. It's going to go into protect mode. So, you know, I'd love to, if you're in that, instance and you were there um i'd want to take whatever is slowing time down means if you've got one hour before you jump then we may need to take 10 minutes just to address releasing you have to do some progressive like just focusing on you know addressing releasing all the tension that's going on separating that moment uh from today um and and knowing that the horse and your body need you to be present Mm -hmm. for this moment you know and it's okay if afterwards we want to sit down and cry for all that we've been holding on to for this journey you know like the journey needs to be celebrated as well the road rec from recovery and all the fear that gets held right. on to into competition but whatever way we can slow down time in whatever increment um i think to you can't ignore that you've just seen something that's just kind of sent you in a kind of a dissociative state you're not going to get the same athlete uh, out of the gates. I have to say, too, that our friend Helen Pollock here has paid you a great compliment. Pernilla is truly incredible and totally oh. right. 
She changed my world in the show ring. Yeah, she's pretty amazing. Now, if that's not a testimonial, I don't know what is. That's incredible. Well, she puts me on the spot, too, because I get to, like, work with her. And then when I have these moments, she's my right hand. And I get to share this, like, a lot of the trauma that happened with um, the accident, I got to process with her, but I didn't process with my trainer. And that's the difference. Like, you don't share necessarily that conversation with your trainer. Your trainer's there to do business, get your horse performing, getting you communicating to your horse. And they want you to block that out, right? Essentially, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when it's not a valuable mental skill to not be focused. Right. So when my trainer was doing something else, I shared a little bit with Helen and then. So even just this terminology, uh, show ring. So I'm getting the imagery of like, is this, is this different than the the hundred jumps that you talk about that you do? Is this different? (laughs) It's more like the, you know, for us novice. uh, Yeah. So a show ring, basically you, before So you sign up for your classes before you actually go to the show. And then at the show, they post your course. And whether you're doing dressage or um, hunter jumper, they have the course written out. And you memorize the course. And you have to know um, not just the direction that you're going, but how many strides. So how many steps the horse needs to take between the jumps. um, What angle is the most strategic. And then for the jumper world, it's all based on time. So you're basically... Um, jumping these beautiful jumps, but your time. So you have to make it maybe under a minute or a minute and a half. And then if you have a clear round and you make it within a minute and a half, you get to do a jump off, which is maybe another course, but it's a lot smaller. It's like five jumps versus 15. Wow. So, so have you ever showed at a competition and seen an obstacle? You were like, oh, we didn't prepare completely for that. Yes, all the time. <laughs> Because they're big and they're beautiful. And at home, we just have rails and, you know, you come and the jumps are, I mean, look at the Grand Prix rings. You have Hermes, who's uh, designing jumps. You have Longines. You have, um, I mean, at the top level, you have sponsorships that are making, spending thousands of dollars on these jumps. Like butterflies coming off the side. (laughs) Wow. So the pressure is high, and you have to understand, too, how equestrian sports differ, I think, from other sports, is that a lot of this comes out of our pocket first. There's no sponsorship. There's no, like, you you suddenly get all these points and you make the league. It's you're literally paying for your horse's care, yourself, the training, all on your own until you're literally just about to become an Olympian. Wow. Wow. And it's one story that when I was looking into the whole equestrian sports and, uh, you know, I got a little ribbon earlier from ribbing, ribbing, like, you know, poking, not ribbon, like a blue ribbon, a little poking from Dr. Richard, because, you know, sometimes, you know, Paralympics and wheelchair sports and all that come up. And I haven't been like the first to step up and represent my own wheelchair kind and stuff like that. But a story popped up of a Paralympic. Her name is Bettina Eistel. She's a German. And uh, I shared a story with you guys. And Pernilla, you were already familiar with her and stuff like that. But here's a woman who was born with no arms. Right. And, I mean, she has, like, no no arms. Like, there's some people with no arms that they have, like, kind of, uh, you know, I hope this doesn't sound crass, but, like, you know, the stubs where the arms are, they can kind of do. I mean, she has nothing. Like, shoulders. And she's an incredible equestrian. Now, when you talk about the relationship between the human person and the horse, to me, this has got to epitomize 
like I mean, not only the bravery and what she does, and it's it's incredible just how she could ride a horse and she cleans it and saddles it and does everything with her feet. But talk about what that relationship must be like between her and her horse. I I mean, the story is truly truly beautiful because this horse literally lowers its head so that she can put on the bridle and brush him and um it's not unheard of of horses really like accommodating their riders and just learning to do it without much training she rides i think correct me if i'm wrong with part of the rein in one of her foot feet and then the other in her mouth and she's doing this i mean dressage is not easy it's very technical every moment is very technical um so it's just, it, yeah, it's, I'm lose, I've lost for words because it's honestly truly beautiful. And yeah. it's, and it's a cross and that it's a cross. That's what it's not when, so I have a hard time with the term equine therapy or anything because really horseback riding in of itself is therapeutic. I don't care who you are. I don't care you're an Olympian or you're the guy, the cowboy. It literally, uh, the movements and the energy that goes through your body is nothing like um, any other. But anyway, that was an amazing story. You know, if you guys want to look it up, it's Bettina Eistel, E-I-S-T-E-L. It's it's a really inspiring story, Dr. Richard. It's inspiring, and I'm glad by no means, you know, all, all ribbing aside, <laughs> you know, are we obligated to, I know some activists will say, you know, you need to represent those like you or who've had a similar story, and by no means... You know, does anyone have to do anything? There's no coercion here. But when we do see something moving, when we do see someone do something inspiring. And I just think of the whole intergenerational, you know, trauma piece. The fact that, you know, the family, this must have been difficult for the whole family. Uh, they knew, uh, if you read the story further, that uh, she was going to be born uh, without arms, um, possibly as a side effect of the medications being given at the time. And to support that transition, and I get to be a part of this with the special Magabees, um, seeing people who have... Uh, challenges, but still be supported to go out and become Paralympians or Special Olympians, and it's phenomenal. Uh, it, it it it's inspiring, and you know I want to learn a little bit more of their courage and uh, commitment. Uh, Pernilla, you've been such a great guest, so informative. I hope people will start looking you up, and especially those in the equestrian world. I think, just like you did for Helen Pollock, you'll do wonders for them as well. <laughs> But, you know, we like to to motivate our audience, to inspire our audience. And one of the really, truly, truly inspirational aspects of who you are is the fact that, you know, you've always had this dream about horses. And, you know, you're just like, one day you're like, I'm going to buy a horse. I'm going to follow that dream. And in fact, I'm going to turn my career in that direction. Mm -hmm. That's not easy to do. So can you just speak on that a little bit? Not necessarily like about the equestrian world, but as an individual, how do you take that hard left turn and follow your dreams? Um, I mean, I just was reevaluating and I was miserable and I wasn't really happy. Not that I was miserable, but I wasn't happy. And uh, the way I feel after I'm at the barn or on the horse is a feeling I don't have in any other purview of my life. So I kind of evaluated, do I continue doing these jobs that give me financial benefit or do I take a moment and um, what is more important, my life or finances? And my dream is more important at the moment. And I do believe, and maybe this is hokey pokey, I do believe that 
abundance comes when you're really truly speaking to your heart. I'm not going to do great work when I'm working with people half burnt out and exhausted. So I want to do great work and follow my passion and give that energy to other people. That's amazing. And Dr. Richard, I pose it to you as well. You probably see this with patients all the time. What what would you do to or say to inspire someone who's got a dream that might seem really far away or hard to attain? But what advice do you give to like inspire them to, you know what, follow that dream? I mean, you, you look at you, you you're like, I want to play basketball, you know, and you went for it. You went to Kansas City and tried out for the Maccabee team. Actually, today is a very significant day. It's been uh, two years since I've left the county. Today is officially the day of no return. I cannot go back. You know, that doesn't mean I haven't kicked and screamed or just like Ken Revisa said that, that it still doesn't wake up at five in the morning and go, can I do this? Am I good enough? That there's still not this process every single day where you're like doubt, you go through doubt, you go through cycles of fear. As the challenges get bigger, uh, the doubts become bigger and the tests become bigger to stay um, committed to this. But I think that I like Dr. Pernilla said, taking a moment, and in that space, what do you fill that space with when you take that moment? I've chosen to fill my space with, instead of people that are draining, you know, who are the people in the circle that you're including in? Are you uh, looking for mentors every single day? I'm looking for inspiring people, and I'm trying to get closer to them, and I'm trying to get away from draining influences, and I'm trying to get around more things that give me more energy. So in a way, I think I'm becoming more selfish. I think I'm learning to uh, read more things that, that make me happy. I'm trying to do more things that are uncomfortable but but make me laugh uh, and connect to more people that are doing amazing things. And uh, to keep asking that question, I think a quote was made this week, you know, your passion should be what you do while you're procrastinating. You know, there's just something to following that or even continuing to ask yourself the question, what do you enjoy what would you like to give and who would you like to give it to? And trusting that, the power of your, your influence on humanity and what you can do, I think less and less are things being defined by a particular job description uh, as limiting who you are. You, who you are is limitless. Thank you all for tuning in. I appreciate it. Please, if you can, check out my Patreon page.com, patreon.com slash Richard Listens or Instagram, Richard Listens. Uh, you get the theme. We appreciate all your support and interest. We're now up on iTunes, Spotify. If you're interested in therapy, teletherapy, any kind of consultation, please don't hesitate to reach out to me through my website, richardlistens.com. I'm happy to help and support in any way through any kind of strain, support, or isolation you are going through. We are here to alleviate strain and suffering. Thank you all for tuning in. I'm Richard Listens, and I'm out. I'm a big fan of MMA sports. It's rough and elegant at the same time. I think my number one fear of stepping into a ring like that would be protecting my teeth. Luckily, the guys over at Impact Dental Designs have created an amazing mouth guard that is state of the art. These mouth guards are currently being used by some of the best MMA fighters, but even better, they can be tailored to any sport. Football, hockey, boxing, soccer, the list is endless. Head over to impactdentaldesigns.com slash richardlistens to get 20% off your order and a free customized design for your mouth guard. Lastly, I'd like to proudly mention our sponsor, Injitsu.com, providing remote at-home training from some of the world's top MMA fighters. These classes are not pre-recorded. These trainers come to you live and coach you for the duration of the session. I've personally taken a few of these classes and I've never felt so inspired and accomplished in a workout session. 
They'll leave you both on the floor in exhaustion and with a drenched shirt. There are still slots available for online classes, so head over to injitsu.com slash richardlistens to get your first class free. That's I-N-J-I-T-S-U dot com slash richardlistens. Take care, everyone.